Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everyone. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that I've grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pal Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this special edition of Sports Business Radio. And I'm happy to be joined on our YouTube channel by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, happy holidays. How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. This is fun being on uh, Zoom together. We need to do this more often. I actually can see you and we can interact a little bit. I love it. That's right. So if you're listening, you can also watch this on our YouTube channel. You can go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on YouTube, and you can see our wonderful faces. Griggs even has like a Christmas tree in the, in the backdrop. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are powered by Molka sports so thanks to them for all the great work that they do and every year we do our annual top 10 sports business stories of the year and wow Griggs I can't think of a year that has had more stories packed into it than 2020 we've been doing this show since 2004 we've done this list every year and there's never been a year where there's just been more things to talk about and and huge things to talk about. So trying to compile this list down to 10 was really a challenge. Yeah, it's, uh, and we asked a lot of people, listeners and and colleagues and stuff, because it's like, this year feels like we had 10 years packed into one year. Yeah, it really does. Going back at the list, you're like, oh, that happened in 2020? I don't remember that. I mean, it's just crazy how much has has gone on and so much different stuff, so much different stuff this year than than any other year. Yeah. And, you know, I think, People can guess at what the, the main stories are. We'll reveal the list. You may agree. You may disagree. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, we're at SB Radio. If you want to reach out to us on Instagram, it's at Sports Business Radio. But without further ado, let's get started because it's a, it's a big list. There's a lot on it. So the 10th biggest story of the year 2020, according to our crack team here at Sports Business Radio, the growth of sports betting. And if you listen to our 2021 projection show, we talked about 
where sports betting is going and how many states are now allowing legalized sports betting. But the landscape is, is just exploding. So um, in 2021, sports betting revenue is forecast to reach $2.5 billion in the U.S. alone. By 2025, this figure is anticipated to grow to $8 billion, again, just in the U.S., not globally. So, Griggs, you know, we're seeing so many uh, states legalize this. We're seeing partnerships with the bet MGMs of the world and leagues and Caesars. And, you know, we've been talking about this for years, but I think it has really arrived now. Yeah, this is one of those things too. It's like, it feels like it should have been happen, happened a long time ago. It feels like, why are we in 2020 and it's finally getting going? It feels like this is something that's been in the works forever. We all knew it was coming. And finally, we're seeing that progress, like you said, deals with MGM and, you know, big casinos. And, you know, it took a, probably a little bit of hit with, the, with COVID this year, but still, it's, it's going to explode. It's just inevitable and the apps are coming out. Um, it's uh, it's going to be big business and big big moving forward, no doubt. You know, and the other thing that you look for in the future is, and we've seen a little bit of this, uh, especially on the e-gaming front, but when is sports betting going to actually be integrated into broadcasts, right? Like you're going to be watching a game and it's not just going to be fantasy stats, it's going to be real-time betting odds. And, you know, it used to be kind of taboo for broadcasters to talk about the spread of a game or anything associated with betting. I think that's actually going to be encouraged going forward. It's going to drive up viewership for people who have a bet on the game. It's also going to encourage more bets because there's live real-time betting during the game. For instance, it's the last two minutes of a game. You know, is team A going to beat team B? You can bet on it. Or, you know, what's the spread going to be the rest of the way? Um, It's not just the Super Bowl that has big bets anymore. It's pretty much everything under the sun that you could bet on. And, with people being stuck at home and you don't really need to be in a casino like you used to back in the day, you know, now the digital sports betting has, has exploded as well. I think you're right. And you see how even advertising, like you're seeing DraftKings, you're seeing all these big names in between the commercial breaks and everything too, and sponsoring parts of the show. So you're right. It's, it's that close to where they're going to start saying, Hey, the spread's three here. Who's going to put the bet into DraftKings.com sponsored by blah, blah. So I think you're right. I think, they're going to see a lot more interaction with the, uh, the on-air staff and the, and the crew and part of the whole show. It's, it's going to become more pushed, like you said. All right, the ninth biggest story of 2020. Kansas City Chiefs win their first Super Bowl in 50 years. And Patrick Mahomes signs the largest contract in the history of team sports. Ten years, $503 million if he meets all of his incentives. And, you know, he becomes really the face of the NFL. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning have been past faces, but Mahomes wins his first Super Bowl and signs this huge contract. And, you know, it's just really a guy that you would love to have as the face of your league. He's a winner. He's magic on the, on the football field. He's great off the football field. He's good in the community. He comes from a good family. You know, the NFL is really fortunate to have him as the face, but he's fortunate to have a $503 million contract rate. Can you imagine sitting down with that deal? Here, sign here. How much am I getting? Okay, that'll work. I mean, that's just insane. And he is so must-watch TV. If, he, yeah. if the Chiefs are playing, you can't turn away. It's so fun to watch. He's changed the game of football. Now you see Kyler Murray's and, the, you know, Russell Wilson's, the mobile quarterback, the scrambling, throwing across their body. It's just 
every time they snap the ball, it's something fun. You don't know what's going to happen. And he makes plays happen. They're fun to watch. Like you said, he's great off the field. He's already got awesome endorsements. The guy's going to be the face for, for many years to come and probably after the NFL, after his career. Right. I mean, he, he works with State Farm. Isn't it ironic? State Farm is a big winner this year. The two leading candidates for MVP in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, both in the State Farm commercials. So, nice. you know, when you're a company like State Farm, you're essentially betting on athletes, their performance, how visible they're going to be. And State Farm hit it big this year because uh, they picked the two best players in the NFL. And for the Chiefs, you know, it, it's great to see some new blood win the Super Bowl, right? Again, it had been 50 years, and, you know, Kansas City has diehard fans, and, and I think people around the country, even if you don't live in Kansas City, they were excited for the Chiefs to get that first win. Andy Reid got his first Super Bowl as a head coach, which he had not done before, had been close, and, you know, just a likable bunch of guys, but – $503 million, biggest team contracted, you know, bigger than Mike Trout, bigger than A-Rod back in the day, uh, bigger than, you know, anyone in team sports, bigger than LeBron. Um, yeah. So if that's not newsworthy and one of the top 10 sports business stories of the year, I'm not sure what is because anytime you're the biggest in something, it's noteworthy. Well, yeah, and I think unless you live in Boston, New England area, it's nice to have somebody other than Belichick, you know, winning the Super Bowl every single year. So I think as, as an NFL fan, as a sports fan, it was nice to see a change, and we're seeing a change in that, that yeah. way. All right, the eighth biggest sports business story of 2020, according to our team at Sports Business Radio. This is a big one. It's, it's really all-encompassing. The landscape of college sports is continuing to change, Griggs. Uh, we talked about this a lot on our show this year. One, college football players and, to a lesser degree, college basketball players really became essential workers this year. So, uh, you know, everyone has tried to say, well, they're amateur athletes and they can't make money. And look, when the athletic departments and the leagues themselves, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, the SEC, when they needed to save those TV contracts and the millions of dollars that accompanied those contracts, who'd they turn to? They turned to the essential workers, otherwise known as the college football players. Despite the fact that almost every team that came back got COVID at one point in time during their season, despite the fact that Ohio State is going to make the college football playoff by playing, what, six games, including the Big Ten championship, um, it's all a TV show. And the players became the stars of the TV show, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, the players from Alabama and Justin Fields and anyone who tries to make the argument going forward that college athletes are amateur – it's a tough argument to make. And in fact, Griggs, next year in 2021, the Supreme Court is finally going to hear a case about whether or not NCAA athletes can be compensated. And that is going to be landmark and seismic and landscape shifting because if the Supreme Court says, you know what, we agree that college athletes are no longer just amateurs and they were essential workers, and they are allowed to make money for name, image, and likeness. Now it's not just going to be NIL that they're making money from. It could be they're getting paid, and, and that will change the NCAA and college sports as we know it. 
Well, look back to our number 10 story about the, the betting. Everybody's making money off these athletes. I mean, the right. bet people, the casinos, the, the advertisers, the TV guys, everybody's making money, but the athletes that are doing the job. I mean, it just, it's ludicrous. So yeah, I, I think that's one of the best things to look forward to in 2021 is that case you were mentioning, because that's going to be a landmark. And I don't know how they say this isn't constitutional. They need to be making money. They need to be getting paid somehow. Yeah, so they say this case, uh, you know, the, the results will be rendered by June. So that's kind of the timeline. Obviously, in this world that we're living in right now, some things don't run on time. But June seems to be the time frame of when this uh, case could come down and, like we said, seismic. So it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely something worth paying attention to. All right, the seventh biggest sports business story of the year 2020, drafts go virtual. It started with the WNBA draft, and kudos to them for leading the way. April 17th was that draft. Then the NFL had their draft from April 23rd to the 25th, and then the NBA had their draft on November 17th. And, you know, Griggs, one of the things that's going to be interesting out of all of this is are there elements of those virtual drafts that are part of the new normal going forward. For instance, a lot of people liked watching the athletes get drafted in their homes where they could celebrate with their family, got to know their family a little bit more. There were always seemed to be some quirky things going on with a dog running around in the background <laughs> or Bill Belichick's dog sitting at his laptop drafting for him. Um, <laughs> but it had a different feel to it. And I felt like those backstories of the athletes got to be told a little bit more you know, again, kudos to the leagues for sending the technology to the athletes so they could set it up on their end. And it was all synchronized pretty well. And remember, we did a show earlier in the year with Al Guido, and we were talking about, you know, how secure the draft was going to be. What if someone hacked into the Niners draft and drafted <laughs> a player that they didn't want to draft? But it all turned out pretty well. Yeah, I think it looked great. And uh, look, it's just, it's the new era. And I think, like you mentioned, with the behind the scenes stuff, People, listeners, viewers love those backstories. They love seeing, oh, this is Justin Herbert's house and his mom and dad, or this is, you know, whoever's house it is. They love that backstory. They love seeing the human al- humanality of like Belichick's dog running around. And I think that makes it must, must watch TV. And you and I, before the WNBA draft, we're just, we were giddy about it, excited to see how it turned out and just how it would look. And, and then it was the next one and the next and the next one. And I think they did great. And I think it sounded great for the most part. It looked good. You got 200 cameras for the NFL draft all over this big board. I mean, how fun is that? It's kind of fun to watch. It's different. It gave us something to do. I loved it. Well, the other thing too is for WNBA and NFL, we were still at a point where the commissioners were in their homes too. Right. So seeing Kathy Engelbert, who we had on our show in February in Chicago in her house. And then, you know, Roger Goodell looked like, you know, grandpa smoking a pipe, having a hot chocolate in his basement. Like everyone was yep. talking about Roger Goodell's basement. What's in his candy jar. Um, you know, there were just all these other elements that came through. He was doing TikToks with players after they were drafted. (laughs) Like we saw a different side of, of Roger Goodell and we're like, wait a minute, where has that side been all of this time? So I think it was a win for the league commissioners too. And it, you know, we saw a different side of, of them as well as the players. So, okay, you're, you're these leagues going forward. Do you keep the virtual draft or do you go back to in-person when in-person can return? And by the way, there's no guarantee by April of 2021 that the WNBA and the NFL drafts will be able to be in-person again. 
I think you might see some hybrid type things, especially early on. Like there might be some guys that, hey, I don't feel comfortable. Let's do half of it virtual. And then there might be a small crowd at some venue somewhere else where the, say Rogers at a venue and there's a crowd with some people there. I think it's going to be a, a flip and flip kind of hybrid for a while. I think people want the in-person contact overall. It's going to try and get back to that. But uh, I bet we see kind of a mixed mix bag going forward. Yeah, the NBA, again, the latest of the three, November 17th, they were in the ESPN studios, but then, you know, the players were drafted and they were at home. So, um, you know, at least the, the league people and the broadcasters were mm-hmm. in a studio versus being in their own studio right. and, and doing it remotely, which, you know, again, we talked with Mary Carrillo. We've had conversations with other guests this year. Is broadcasting from home the new normal? For a lot of these, you know, I saw on Twitter the other day, I retweeted it. I don't know if you saw it, Griggs, but Kevin Harlan, you know, is in his basement at home calling the NBA game on TNT. And it's just like, wow, look at this setup at his house. And and Mary Carrillo talked about how she called the French Open from her house. And the amounts of money that are being saved now from virtual broadcasts, you know, team broadcasters aren't sending people on the road in the NBA this year. So... You're not traveling. And, and, you know, like we said, too, you're not allowed on the team plane anymore with the players and the coaches because they're trying to quarantine the essential workers as much as possible. So the broadcasters, social media people have to fly differently. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we've said this many times on our show this year. The first half of 2021, I think, is going to look a lot like what 2020 looked like. I don't think we're going to see a light switch situation, even with the vaccine coming where we're going to go, okay, it's back to normal like we were in 2019 and everyone's in person again and we're going to games and we're going to events. And I think there's going to be a trickle. And as we've said all along, I think a lot of the innovations and new normals developed in 2020 will carry over into 2021. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a a process like this whole COVID thing. I mean, in the beginning, we're like, oh, is this going to be a month or two? Well, here we are, what, 10 months on most of it. And it's just kind of, it's just a slow process. And I think getting back to normal is going to be a slow process too. And like we've talked about on the show too, I think moving forward, especially in these big stadiums and venues, stuff's going to be different forever. I mean, you're going to be more ordering from app, touch-free, you know, getting stuff at your seat when you get there. We've talked about that with many of our guests. And, and I think that's going to be changed that it'll probably be for the rest of our future. I just don't think stuff's going to come back to the old passing cash every time you see somebody. Right. I mean, we talked many times on the show this year about how after 9-11, there was a new normal. There was a hard reset on a number of things. This is going to be the same thing, a hard reset on a number of things that we will do differently going forward. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenandMain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com. Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenandMain.com, 
code SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. The sixth biggest sports business story of the year 2020, March Madness canceled. This happened on March 12th, 2020. Griggs, the three-week tournament generates almost a billion dollars in revenue each year for the NCAA and its hundred of member universities and colleges, most coming from a TV contract with CBS and Turner that pays the NCAA almost $800 million annually. So when you're losing a billion dollars and that is your main source of revenue, remember college football playoff is different and separate from the NCAA. NCAA is not funded from college football playoff. So when you don't have March Madness, the number one revenue generating source for all of your member institutions and the NCAA as a governing body, it's catastrophic. And that's why we're hearing for 2021, they're playing this thing no matter what. And likely in a bubble, um, maybe in a single location, maybe in a few locations like the NHL did and the MLB playoffs were held. But, um, you know, it's going to happen in some way, shape, or form. And again, we're seeing this with college football, right? Like no matter what, even if the Rose Bowl isn't being played in the Rose Bowl, Griggs, and has moved to Jerry World in Texas, we are getting these games in because they're made for TV and we don't get our TV money if we don't play the game. So March Madness, I will be shocked if it doesn't happen in 2021, but this was the first time that it had ever been canceled. And you know, we saw the Sabrina Ionescu's and the, you know, men's college basketball players that were seniors. This was their shot to win a title. And it was all ended abruptly. And it was really, it was sad, but it was the right thing to do because March Madness would have become a super spreader event early on. And it's not what our country needed at that time. Well, I think that's what killed March Madness this year is because it literally, March Madness is right when COVID was coming out and nobody knew anything. We hadn't had a bubble scenario or anything like that yet. So there was no path to say, hey, we can just flip over to, you know, play in Indianapolis for the whole thing. We can do this, whatever. It was all new territory and everything was coming out. Nobody knew much about COVID. So they made the right choice hands down. But I agree with you. It's 100% going to happen this year. I mean, even if they have it in one spot or location, you know, one, one or two arenas with no fans or however they do it, it's going to happen because now they can make it in the bubble made for TV vibe and get the ad revenue and everything else too. Right. All right. The fifth biggest story of 2020, the Tokyo Olympics were also postponed to July of 2021. So not canceled, but postponed. March Madness was canceled. This was postponed. It was announced on March 24th, 2020. Remember, we were like, what's the Olympics going to do? When are they going to announce their plans? There was so much money tied up into sponsorships and NBC has the TV rights. And obviously Olympians are training, wanting to know, like, are we going to Tokyo or not? Should I be going to Tokyo? because there's a, a global pandemic. Um, now, Griggs, the price tag on the Tokyo Games for 2021, are you sitting down, Griggs? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. $12.6 billion. Wow. You could buy the Yankees, the Lakers, the Patriots, the Golden State Warriors, and probably squeeze in the New York Knicks for <laughs> that amount of money that it will take to produce the Olympics in Tokyo. And 
they're spending an extra $2 billion alone just on testing and, you know, kind of reshaping what that's going to look like. And as we've told you before, it hasn't really been reported anywhere else. There's a good chance that they may bring fans in, like professional fans who hmm. will be tested on a daily basis. They'll, they'll be in the bubble of the Olympics. I mean, if you think about it, is there a bigger super spreader event that could take place in the world other than the Olympics? I mean, really not. I mean, you're bringing athletes, coaches, fans, broadcasters from all over the world to one place. And you're saying, Hey, spend a few weeks together in close proximity. Doesn't sound like a good idea on the surface. So I think this is another one like March Madness. There's too much money tied up in this and $12.6 billion. Tokyo is, producing this hell or high water. And what will be interesting to watch, Griggs, is where we are at the time and if there are athletes, especially, let's use, for example, the the NBA athletes who are supposed to be on the USA Olympic team. If things aren't great and they're a little bit worried about their safety, are they going to actually go and participate? And are they going to say, you know what, I'm good. I'm, I'm passing the torch to someone else. Maybe we have to get some college players in there. I don't know. But I could see where some athletes or even entire countries say, you know what, we're not going. We're sitting this one out. And it's just not worth, worth the safety. But Tokyo and the Olympic Organizing Committee, they are definitely spending the money to try and produce this thing. Well, I think one good thing for the Olympic Committee is Tokyo is established. I mean, they've got venues right. already. They've got a lot of stuff set up, infrastructure. Very traffic, modern. Pull, right. It's very modern. That helps. I mean, if they were in one of these other small countries, it'd be goodbye. Right. But I think that's helping them progress because they've already got so much stuff set up. And then, too, like you said, I think a lot of these athletes, do, I, do they really want to travel across the world for two weeks, three weeks, however long they're there? and be in this Olympic village with all these athletes and media and staff and all this. I don't know. It's going to be a, a toss-up. You and, he, you and I both love the Olympics, so we've been watching this a lot. So I'm very curious to see how this looks. I know I'm sure NBC is going to send not even probably half the people over there. I'm sure a lot of them are going to be calling it from their basements like we talked about, because why? You know, they'll have their studio maybe over there. But uh, I bet you it's going to look different still. But I'm very curious to see how it comes off and how many of the big-name athletes actually go. Yeah, and you look at the sponsors in this situation. When they signed up and paid millions and millions of dollars to be sponsors, they thought they were going to be able to activate on site and do some things to really right. you know, get attention paid to their brand. And now those things might not happen. So you know, a term we've heard a lot this year, force de jure or force, force majeure, force yeah. majeure. And um, what will some of those contracts look like by the end of this thing? Will some of these companies be asking for money back and saying, we couldn't fully activate, we're activating our pandemic clause. And, you know, we don't think that we should be paying as much money as we were before. And speaking of the pandemic clauses, Griggs, uh, you know, you look at events like Wimbledon and Wimbledon got insurance money this year. Um, And I think British Open Golf got insurance money this year because they had pandemic clauses. So part of the new normal going forward for all these major events and for sponsors and really for anyone doing business is there's going to be a pandemic clause that says like if, if something globally catastrophic happens that prevents this event from happening or for me from activating fully around my event, 
I don't have to pay at all or I only have to pay a fraction because it's not fully activated. So that's going to be another new normal, Griggs. Well, think about the, the guy that decided on the Wimbledon crew. Hey, let's get a pandemic clause in our insurance. Why? Just because. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like payday. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. And I think another fallout from COVID is going to be, like you said, advertisers that didn't get their payout or didn't get all their exposure. There's going to be stuff coming back. We're like, hey, we need money back. So that'll be something to follow too in 2021, 2022, even further, because some of the stuff's going to be falling out for a while. Yeah. As we've said uh, many times this year, there will be lawyers and yeah. the lawyers will make lots of money. <laughs> yes, they will. Settling a lot of these disputes that will carry on for years. All right. The fourth biggest sports business story of 2020, and this is another one of those all-encompassing stories, bubbles. You know, before this, we thought bubbles were something that you uh, saw your kid play with in the bathtub. <laughs> right. You know, now... Bubbles are a normal part of sports business terminology, and it really is amazing how the bubbles were created and how they were executed this year. We saw the NBA, the WNBA, the NHL, Major League Soccer, and the Major League Baseball playoffs played in bubbles. And, you know, there was so much testing that needed to take place. Lots of people, including us, were skeptical about how this would work. But in large part, Griggs, most people were safe. Yes, we saw some cases. Yes, we saw a Houston Rockets player break protocol trying to order uh, from Uber Eats or somewhere or bring a, a, an essential worker into his room. Um, you know, there were some slip-ups here and there, but for the most part, people were really responsible. And, you know, the NBA, for example, had to go to great expense to produce the bubble in Orlando at Disney World. Players had to isolate for a long time. I mean, if you're the LA Lakers and the Miami Heat, you were in the bubble for several months, WNBA in the bubble for a long time, uh, NHL in the bubble for a while. But now we're shifting out of the bubble into 2021, and that's going to be interesting. Other than March Madness, I, I think everyone's coming out of the bubble. We know NBA is. NHL just announced their season's going to start January 13th out of the bubble. So, um, but what did you think of the bubbles, Griggs? You know, I thought they were produced really well. I loved uh, the NBA, I thought, looked really great. I loved their <clears throat> use with the announcers and the cameras and just some of the back backstories and things they were able to do with it. So I thought MLS did really good. They were kind of the first one out of the shoot um, down there at Disney World as well. And uh, it looked good and look, it worked. I mean, the tests were down to almost zero in most cases. I don't think NHL had one. I don't think NBA had one. And then, I mean, overall, the plan worked. So, yeah, isolation, the athletes couldn't see their families and all this weird stuff, but still, to play their sport and keep it going, they had to do it. And I think it worked really well overall for all the leagues. So, But I think you're, what you said, too, this coming out of the bubble now, and like we talked about NBA, the first week out of the bubble, their preseason, they had like 57 tests positive. So it's like we're going to start seeing that mix in, too, where players aren't going to be able to play, full rosters aren't going to be playing. How long will that last and, and see how that looks coming out of the bubble? Yeah, and – Another thing that could stick around as part of the new normal that was in these bubbles is the, you know, the virtual fans yeah. and those huge boards. And, you know, I can see that being a part of games going forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Michelob Light. Hey, I remembered the sponsor. They're not a sponsor of this show, so I'm not giving them a plug. But that was a memorable sponsorship, the, the Michelob Light virtual fan board. If you remember, the Denver Nuggets brought me into their virtual fan section That's for right. their their <laughs> game clinching uh, playoff game against the LA Clippers. So it was fun to be in there with their mascot and with Alex English and, and with some others. So there, 
there were some clever innovations in the bubble that I think could be part of a new normal going forward. Um, but all in all, you know, gosh, congratulations to the players, the players' unions, the commissioners, and the leagues for executing not flawless, but pretty darn near flawless uh, bubbles in 2020. And by the way, on the fly, right? We ne- There was no template to do this or no blueprint on how to do this. This was like some smart people getting together, figuring out this is how we're going to do this. And now there is a blueprint for how to do it in the future if they want to do it. Or if organizations like the NCAA wants to do a March Madness bubble, they can go, hey, how did all, how did the NBA and the WNBA and everyone else do their bubble? Let's take some of those learnings and apply them to ours. I think you'll see a, the March Madness bubble, if they do one, will look very similar to NBA. I picture it that kind of vibe. I think they'll do the virtual fans. I think we'll have, maybe even they'll bring in the bands virtually. I think they'll make it fun like that and it'll look a lot like NBA. And I think that was a good blueprint for them. So I think you'll see that coming in March. That's my bet. All right. The third Biggest story of 2020, and, you know, this is a, a tough one. Uh, we lost some giants this year in the world at large, um, but specifically in sports. And the two that hit home with most people, one, David Stern, who was a good friend of ours, Griggs. Uh, you know, I was on stage with him at, at the Sports PR Summit in May of 2019. He was a mentor to me. Um, I went to his memorial service. I, I flew from the West Coast to his service in New York for the day. That's how much I respect him. And, you know, what a service that was. Pat Riley, Magic Johnson, Adam Silver. Um, It was like going to NBA heaven, really, being in Radio City Music Hall surrounded by those greats. I I joked with people, I was the least important person in the room. (laughs) A long shot. But it was was amazing to go and pay respects to uh, a man who wasn't a giant in stature, but a man who was a giant, um, in what he meant to the NBA, the sports world, and so many people. Um, you know, he passed away right at the beginning of the year. I remember when I got that news, that was, that was really mm-hmm. hard news to get. Um, he collapsed a year ago, in, in last December in New York. And, you know, remember, we were really pulling for him and hoping that he would recover and that he would get back to the David Stern that was learning so much post commissionership. And, you know, I'll say if you have a chance, maybe the greatest show that we've done in the history of sports business radio, December of 2016 in New York, the sports business radio road show, my sit down for 90 minutes with David Stern. I look back on that conversation now and just treasure having that audio and hearing him tell his life story in his own words, in his own voice. Um, That's the one that I will cherish forever, but you know, I will miss him a lot, Griggs. Well, he, he was such an innovator too. I mean, he was so far ahead of anybody. His mind was places when no one else even knew what was coming with the NBA, WNBA. And then the thing I love about him too is, you know, a lot of times as people get older, they kind of throw the shoe in like, I'm done. No, he was in on the sports betting, on the digital era, on he was in investing in stuff that none of us even knew about because it was so far ahead of everybody else. So I love that his brain was always learning, growing, always ready to help somebody else be there, innovate, such a cool guy. And I loved, yeah, meeting him in 2016. That was an epic conversation. Yeah. Just, just a gem of a human being. And look, anyone who really knew him, like, like we did, like just, he, he would take time with you and, you know, he was becoming a teacher. So I've thought many times this year in this year of unprecedented times, 
David Stern would have been a, a really important voice. He would have yeah. been someone helping all of us navigate the new normal and figure out like where we're headed. He, he was a visionary. I mean, you know, here's a guy who saw things 10 years before they materialized in the NBA. He took a league that, you know, had games on tape delay. The NBA finals were on tape delay. Yeah. People weren't covering the league on a regular basis. Franchise values were in the tank. And by the time he left, that had all changed and the league had become a multi-billion dollar league. And, you know, I, I just can't give him enough credit. I, I really respect Adam Silver a lot. But in my mind, the greatest commissioner in the history of sports at this point is David Stern. And, yeah. you know, if Adam gets to the point where he's been around as long as David and, and continues to do what he's doing, which is amazing, like pulling off the bubble and, and stuff like that, then I think Adam's in that conversation too. But David Stern is on that Mount Rushmore. He's the GOAT to me, and, and that was a huge loss. The other loss that came just five days later, Griggs, was Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna and you know, the other people who were lost on that helicopter crash. And that was a shock. You know, David Stern, I believe, was 78 years old. And you know, that's a pretty good life. I still think he had a lot of life to live and a lot to contribute, as we said. But when you're Kobe Bryant's age and you're so young and you're so vibrant, and obviously the kids on that, that helicopter, like that was just shocking. And you go numb when you get that kind of news. And anyone who has kids goes numb when you get that kind of news. And he was such a force and such a bright light on and off the basketball court and the Mamba mentality. He was almost this bigger than life character that you never thought could be extinguished. And at least in physical form, he was extinguished. And it was horrifying. And, you know, his service at Staples Center on 224 his two numbers, February 24th, attended by greats like Michael Jordan and, and many, many others. Um, it was a sobering time, and I think it was really hard. I remember watching that NBA on TNT special with Shaq talking about <clears throat> how he hadn't talked to Kobe in a while and wished that he had said some things before Kobe passed. And you know, Charles Barkley and, and Kenny Smith, and just what an emotional what an emotional broadcast that was that night. But, you know, you can't underestimate the impact that Kobe Bryant has had on other players that are playing now, um, men and women, what he, you know, he won an Oscar. He, he did so many things and his light went out far too soon as did the light of everyone on that helicopter. So that was a, a real crushing blow to not only the sports world, but Kobe Bryant transcended sports. He was a global icon across the world, Briggs. For sure. I mean, we've talked about his jersey sales in uh, China and across the across the, the pond. You know, I mean, he he's huge everywhere. There's a guy right there that that crash, that moment affected so many people across the world, and still does. And I think, like you said, he's such an impact person off the court, and he did so much for women's sports and his daughter's team and his family. And you know, I think he uh, ambassador and legacy are kind of the two things I think about with him. Like he's all his path is going to be going forever because of the stuff he's done. And uh, I remember when we were texting when the crash came out and I'm like, this is one of those things where you're like, that's not real, right? This has got to be fake, fake news. news. Right. right. And I'm looking like at every site, this can't be real. Cause it's like, what Kobe and he's young, you know, he has a life to live. He's got kids and just a dagger. I mean, those, both those are just huge losses, but Kobe was a shocker. I can't remember a year where we lost more giants just in the world. I mean, yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, John Lewis, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big Chadwick Boseman fan and, and what yep. he stood for and his acting roles. So many others that I'm not even mentioning, but it just seemed like every week we were losing a giant. But in the sports world, David Stern and Kobe Bryant were amongst the biggest giants that we've ever seen. So to lose them in the span of five days was just like a gut punch that, that most people haven't uh, suffered in, in a long time other than, you know, a lot of people over 300,000 people have been lost to COVID this year. And that's yeah. certainly a gut punch, but um, for the sports business world, those were two big losses. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. They happen five days apart too, but I agree with you on the TNT. I thought the NBA did great things with the 224 and just, you know, his number and Gianna's number and a lot of respect for Kobe across the league. And I thought the NBA handled it really well in the broadcast teams and crews did too. So it was good to see uh, how they came out for that. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. There's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. To ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged, sports venues are reimagining game day with Boingo's 5G connectivity solutions. Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering, to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner. A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most, and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. All right, our second biggest story of the year. Really, these top two could have been in either order. Um, And two of the biggest stories that I've seen since we've done this show in in 2004, and, and they both have so many layers to them. So to try and, you know, put a bow on them just for one story, you can't do that because there's, there's 50 different layers to each of these. But number two, you know, I, I feel I was talking to someone the other day and they said there was life before George Floyd and there was life after George Floyd. George Floyd died on May 25th, 2020 at the hands of a police officer in Minneapolis who slowly took the life out of Floyd. We've all seen the video by kneeling on him for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And again, you see it on video. So it's sickening, it's grotesque, it's horrific. There's no he said, she said, you saw the video. And for years, 
going back to, gosh, the 60s, there had been protests about social justice and Black Lives Matter. And some of them have been looked at as distractions or stick to sports or things like that. The outpouring after George Floyd's death was unlike anything I've seen in my lifetime. I just turned 52 years old last week. And um, the temperature changed, Riggs. And, and I think this was a good thing. Still tons of work that has to be done. But we saw some meaningful change. And we saw people like NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell come out and say the NFL was wrong. And we need to take this more seriously. And this was a league, remember, that, you know, looked down on Colin Kaepernick kneeling and some of his protests. And um, the temperature has changed. Now, they got to back this up with action, not just words. We've seen a lot of people talk. You got to back it up with action. But when we saw things like the Milwaukee Bucks on August 26th say we're not playing game five of our playoff game against the Orlando Magic because we're protesting the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. The, the, the game has changed now, and yeah. Black Lives Matter is on the court, and um, owners of teams are saying we're going to turn our arena or stadium into a voting location now some meaningful action is being put into some of these social and political justice issues. And I think it's a step in the right direction. It's not something we should go, hey, everything's solved now. This is a work in progress for everyone, including us. But there was a different temperature this year, unlike what we had seen before. And it's horrific that it took George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Jacob Blake to wake up some of the ignorant people who exist in this world um, to see that, you know, black lives do matter, but it's happening. And I'm hopeful that in 2021 and beyond, we start treating people equally and, and, you know, people are not looked at as a distraction for raising an issue of importance. Yeah, and you've talked about before being in LA with Rodney King during that whole thing. Yeah. And what came from that? And then you fast forward to George Floyd, the outcrying and the outfall and everything that came from it was awesome. And I think the change is growing and it's getting better. And like you said, the NBA turning into the voting uh, places, you know, the arenas and voting things. We've seen more voter turnout this year than ever. Things are happening and uh, that's exciting. And now we just want to keep that momentum going, you know, keep that going. We need to have, be a country that loves everybody. Who cares what they look like? That's the key. So I think keep going. Yeah. Um, back in, what was it? Was it July or June? Our friend Coach Fisdale was on with us. Right. Really good podcast with him. If you go back and listen to that, um, he grew up in uh, South Central LA and, you know, was the victim of police brutality. And it really gave us a great look, you know, inside of, of that world. And, you know, as I've said to many guests on the show this year, I will never wake up a black person. I do not know firsthand what that is like and what that discrimination is like. Um, but what we can do is try and make the world a better place from where we sit and, and have more equality. And, you know, again, um, we've seen some big checks written from leagues and organizations this year. 
Um, we've seen statements that have been made, but will they be followed up with action? We've seen players like LeBron James and Patrick Mahomes and uh, Maya Moore, what she did this year was unbelievable. Um, Brianna Stewart, like so many athletes, and Megan Rapino said, you know what? I'm going to be an activist, and I don't care if I lose fans because of it. And this is the right thing to do for our world. And I tip my cap to them. I mean, that takes courage and bravery, and you know, people could lose endorsement dollars or whatever. But now I think one of the things that's flipped is if a company says, I don't like this athlete or I'm going to cut ties with them because they're too outspoken on social justice issues, I think that company looks bad now. They, they look racist, to be honest yep. with you, or they don't look open-minded. So it's almost flipped, whereas a few years ago it was seen as a distraction. Now, if you're the company cutting ties with someone who's outspoken, you're the bad guy. And in fact, I think a lot of companies are funding some of these initiatives now, and they want to be part of these conversations. And I think that's a growth area, and I hope that continues forward in the future. Griggs, the number one sports business story of the year 2020, and we've already touched on it with some of the other items on our list, but you go back to March 11th, 2020. And I think like Keith Foreman said on our show for that emergency podcast, we are going to look at 3-11-20, the same as we look at 9-11-01. It is a day where we will say to ourselves, where were we that day? That is the day where the pandemic really took over the world and certainly took over the sports world. We remember uh, the Rudy Gobert Utah Jazz Center positive COVID test shut down the NBA. And, you know, at first it was going to be the NBA shut down for two weeks and then it was months, and then March Madness shut down, and then the Olympics postponed, and then other leagues said we're shutting down or postponing, and it was a domino effect. But 3-11-2020 was a day that, you know, as long as I live, I'll remember that day and where we were and what it felt like and the great unknown that lied ahead. And, and if you go back and listen to our emergency pod, you know, we had a lot of questions and not yeah. a lot of answers. And in some ways, we've answered some of those things. But in some ways, we have just as many questions, you know, nine or 10 months later. Well, I think, like you said, Domino, I mean, you and me were talking, we texted so much during that first week, like, oh my gosh, look at this. This just got canceled. This got postponed. It was fascinating, probably the wrong word, but it was fascinating. Like, what's next? What's going on? Nobody knew what was going on. Uh, like you mentioned with having Keith on, I remember that clip where he said, this will be the day we remember. And sure enough, here we're still talking about it, almost coming up on a year later, and it's going to just keep going. And like you said, and we've talked about already on the show today, it's the future. You know, we still are going to talk about questions that are unanswered. We don't know what it's going to look like in 2021. It's still going to be a, a slow back to normal, and it's never going to be the same normal, just like after 9-11. You can't fly anywhere in the country without different steps now because of 9-11. So I think COVID is going to be the same way. I think uh, that's going to be very interesting just to see how we move forward from this pandemic and, and get out of it. I think the other thing that comes from this is, look, you know, how many guests have we had on this year, whether it's Al Guido, Mark Cuban, or others that have talked about scenario planning, yeah. right? There were really no scenarios planned for a global pandemic. I mean, if you're really being honest, yes, Wimbledon got lucky and British Open got lucky. They had a, a pandemic clause and they got some insurance money out of that. 
But on a grand scale, no one had a scenario plan for pandemic. So I think one of the things that comes out of this, sports and the world at large, is you got to think of every situation possible. Like, is a meteor going to hit Earth? And if it does, what happens then? And, And I'm being a little bit sarcastic here, but this was out of left field for the most part. Yes, there were people like Bill Gates and others who, you know, sounded the, the siren a few years ago. But a lot of people are like, let's just get through today and let's run our business today. And, and you're just looking at it on a get through today basis. Well, now I, I think this is going to force a lot of organizations to be more big picture and think about, you know, could these things truly happen? And if they do, how do we scenario plan for them so we're prepared and not caught off guard when we were on 3-11-2020 and we were like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? Because one of the things that we've seen this year, whether you're a sports organization or a, a smoothie shop or a small restaurant, is you can lose your business and people are losing jobs. And, um, you know, not that there's a way to be prepared for that, but there's a way to pivot out of it. And I think people are really trying to put on their thinking caps for what are the, what's the short-term future look like, but also what does the long-term future look like? And what are those big things that are talked about that are on the horizon that we didn't really address like the pandemic, but we know they're out there and uh, we better come up with a scenario plan for if those happen. Yeah, and how can businesses, you know, run smoother, healthier? Um, we've seen businesses that, are, that have made it through this, um, being able to work from offsite, you know, work from home, do this and that and everything else. There's ways to still be a business and be a corporation and be together, so to speak, without being together. And there's ways to make companies and, and you know, when you're in close quarters all day long to make it safer and healthier. And, you know, how do we, you know, set the time scale? Do people come in later, earlier? You know, there's so many things we can learn from this. And I think a lot of businesses are. And like you said, it's sad that so many, especially like the restaurant industries and small businesses have been just crushed by this. And that's horrible. But um, there's always positive out of this too. And, and like you and me have talked, I mean, this year has been our great, we've had so many awesome guests and so much insight and so much knowledge dropped in this last nine, 10 months. It's fascinating. There's a lot of smart people out there and there's a lot of good positive stuff going forward. Yeah. If you have not listened to some of our shows this year and Mark Cuban, Arthur Blank, Kathy Engelbert, Al Guido, Ken Griffey Jr., John Smoltz, uh, CC Sabathia last week, Mary Carrillo. I mean, Pau Gasol, it really is the most unbelievable list of guests that we've ever had in a year. And I feel like we got smarter by listening to those amazing minds. Sure. Um, Candace Parker, um, just the list Abby goes Wambach. on and on. Abby Wambach, uh, Dr. Myron Roll, who's a former NFL player who has been on the front lines of COVID and um, just done some amazing things to make our world a, a better place. Coach Fisdale. So, you know, please go through our library and listen because I, I feel like they're a cheat sheet. Yeah. to tell us what's coming. Like these are some of the smartest people in the world and they are visionaries and they know trends before most people do. And they have access to information that a lot of people don't have access to. So um, listening to them on our show is going to make you smarter too. And I feel like I got a lot smarter this year by listening to them. So that's our top 10 list of sports business stories for 2020. Griggs, I also 
want to add a winner's list for 2020. Usually for this segment, we talk about our projections for the following year. Well, we just did an entire show on projections for 2021. So if you haven't listened to that show, go back two weeks. It's before CC Sabathia, I think, or maybe, I don't, yeah, I don't remember the date, but it's, it's in our iTunes library or go to sportsbusinessradio.com and we do our projections for 2021. So if you want part of that cheat sheet or you want to know, you want to look into that crystal ball a little bit based on what we've been told by visionary guests on our show this year, go back and, and listen to that show. But winners of 2020, I didn't want to do losers because I'm not looking to make enemies or offend yeah. anyone, but let's just do the winners. Um, so the first on the list is I'm going to mention Adam Silver of the NBA and Kathy Engelbert of the WNBA. We talked before about the bubbles, but just how they handled everything from the relationships with the players unions to really being a partner with the players um, and technological advances like, you know, the, the virtual fan boards and the testing that took place, allowing the players to speak out on social justice issues. I mean, the WNBA has been at the forefront of those conversations for a long, long time and allowing that platform um, I, I really was impressed with what Adam Silver and the NBA and Kathy Engelbert and the WNBA did in 2020. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. The key word there is platform, you know, giving these players the ability to speak their minds and, you know, wear shirts and wear hats and put the things on the back of their jersey that what they want to stand for. That's huge. I think that gives these athletes a platform to stand on and they should because they're in public view. Everybody knows them. And I think that's cool to not shut that down and to give them that, that ability to do that. And then, like you said, with the virtual draft and everything they did virtually and the testing and the bubble, just fascinating. We had Kathy back in Chicago before COVID. She was fascinating then. And then she just ran with it through this whole COVID thing. It was awesome. Yeah. So I think, I think you're right. Both winners, both those leagues did well, and they're going to continue to do well through this. Another winner, uh, Michael Jordan. Netflix, ESPN, and The Last Dance. I loved it. I loved it. It might be yep. that and Queen's Gambit might be my two <laughs> favorite thing that, I, that I've watched on TV this year. Ozark's good, but a little bit graphic. Yeah. Um, we got to see a different side of Michael Jordan. The younger generation, like our kids, Griggs, got to learn about Michael Jordan. They never watched him play. Yeah. And you got to see how competitive he was and how – many sacrifices he made and how even back then before social media, this guy couldn't go anywhere. He had to sit in his hotel room. He was yeah. mobbed. If he went out in Barcelona, Spain during the Olympics or in Chicago or wherever he was. But I think it gave all of us a new appreciation for Michael Jordan and his greatness and that Chicago Bulls team. And I would say um, Chip Schaefer, Longtime trainer for the Bulls and Michael Jordan and the Lakers and Kobe Bryant and Shaq was one of our guests this year. And Chip and I have known each other for many years. That's another interview that I'll treasure because, mm -hmm. oh my God, the stories that he told yeah. about those Bulls teams and those Lakers teams. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the Chip Schaefer episode of Sports Business Radio this year, go back and listen to that. Also, Paul Westhead, former Lakers coach, Coach Magic Johnson won a title with them, was the Loyola Marymount coach. His interview was great too. And I've known Coach Westhead a long time. By the way, uh, The Speed Game uh, is a great book that he wrote too. So if you're looking for a great book, Coach Westhead's book is, is really good. But um, yeah, The Last Dance with MJ was fantastic. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Love the music, love the footage. 
I think I've shared on the show this year with our, our listeners that I was told by someone at NBA Entertainment that they only used about 5 to 10% of the footage they have for that documentary. So there's still lots of footage in the archives that could be used for another documentary in the future. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm an audio editor, so I know it is cutting down, you know, a big long thing to try and get to a whatever. I can't imagine those guys trying to go through and make that last dance, like you said, with so much left on the table and we still got so much information. The part I love seeing with Michael when he's sitting there as his age now, you know, currently watching iPad clips and you can see the competitive. He's ready to go ball right now. He's ready to go right. punch him in the face. He's, yeah. he's still got that. Like when I'm they talk about Isaiah Thomas, or <laughs> yeah, like he's ready like to go. That. let's go out back and take care of it. I mean, I love that. That was just so fascinating to see how we started so young at North Carolina and then where he ended up and just sitting there smoking the cigar, having the whiskey and still loving it. Yeah. It was great. Um, a year ago at this time, if someone said, what's a zoom, people would be like, I don't know. What's a zoom? Is it zoom yeah. care of the doctor? Is it zoom in your car? Like what's a zoom? Well now a zoom, it's kind of like Kleenex. We don't say, give me a tissue. We say, give me a Kleenex or yeah. we don't say, give me a soda. We say, give me a Coke. Well, now we don't say, are you going to do a video conference? You say, are you going to do a Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> and our friend Andre Iguodala and our other friend Rudy Klein-Thomas, his business partner, were early investors in Zoom. They have made lots of money. This yeah. Year. Griggs, in the months of Zoom made as much money in May, June, and July as it did in all of 2019. The stock price for Zoom is up 367% in 2020. God, I wish I had Zoom stock at the beginning. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and the other thing, and this is how it relates to sports, is like right now we're doing this on Zoom. We're recording on Zoom. We have a YouTube channel. Most professional sports teams are doing their press conferences and media availabilities with players on Zoom. The locker rooms are probably closed forever. Now, even when the vaccine comes, we are going to interview more players and coaches and executives virtually than ever before. And Zoom is going to be that number one platform for video interviews. So um, game changer, innovation, easy to use, um, and really something that, you know, we talked about what are some of the things that are going to change the, the normal going forward. Zoom is one of them. Yeah, and it's really connected people. I mean, you think about if this pandemic happened in 1980 when we don't have technology to right. contact people. You're literally sitting in your house not talking to anybody. You're people writing letters. Go, yeah, you're writing letters. You know, ten, you know, two weeks later, I got to hear that you were this and that. So right. it's, it's fascinating to be able to still conduct business. And like you and me have been doing our shows on it and recording and not just us, everybody. I mean, like you said, the locker rooms are going to be closed because of Zoom. And it's, it's just amazing how this platform has just grown into this like giant. And it's, I mean, there's commercials made about it now. People are using it. It's everywhere. I mean, it's just, this is the norm. That is the new thing. It's video conference to Zoom. Another winner from this year, and, and we talked a lot about this, how uh, the, uh, the fitness landscape is shifting. You know, a year ago, you went to the gym. Now, people are building gyms in their home. And Peloton has been a big winner. I have a Peloton. Ironically, Griggs, I bought my Peloton in November of 2019. Had no idea a pandemic was coming. And, yeah. um, you know, I've used my Peloton religiously. 
and it's innovative and it's a great piece of equipment and it's interactive and you know I feel like I know my instructors and that they're whipping me into shape and there's a variety of classes after the last dance came out like they had a last dance ride with some of that music <laughs> Uh, you know, they've got a Christmas ride. They've got all these different things, but their stock is up 350% in Crazy. 2020. Their membership base has grown from 1.4 million to 3.1 million. So, you know, Apple's coming out with a fitness app. Um, others are coming at Peloton, but I feel like they've kind of not cornered the market, but they were first to market. And you know, there's, there's still a waiting list for Pelotons. If you, if you want a Peloton bike or a treadmill or any of their equipment, you're waiting a couple months. So uh, Peloton is a big winner. And I think that's another segment of the industry to pay attention to is the home fitness industry because it's only going to continue to grow going forward. Um, another winner this year is, is democracy. And you know, again, I don't want to turn this into a political show, but more Americans voted in 2020 than in any other presidential election in 120 years. And I think sports played a part in that. Again, yeah. you know, the LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, Abby Wambach, uh, Candace Parker's, Brianna Stewart's, Megan Rapinoe's of the world telling people to go out and vote. And the owners of stadiums and sports franchises saying you can use our facility for a safe voting location. That led to more people going out to vote. Still only 67% of the country voted, which is amazing that there, there's that many people that didn't vote, but we had a record turnout. I think it's trending in the right direction. And I think now that's going to be another new normal. Athletes are not going back to being quiet. Yeah. And I think now that the owners of these teams and some of these leagues have allowed some of these social justice initiatives to take place, they're going to have to do that going forward. And by the way, they should do that going forward and leverage those facilities and platforms and megaphones that they have to make the world a better place. But voting was, was another big winner in, in 2020. Hands down. Yeah. And it's, it's exciting to see. I mean, like you said, still 67%. We, we can do better than that. But I loved like right in the end of the playoff bubble with the NBA, Chris Paul was on saying that 90% of the NBA players had registered. And that's right. just like awesome. And you're right. And, and some of them registering for the first time. Greg Shaq right. is 48 years old. And Shaquille O'Neal said he had never voted in an election. 48 Crazy. years old. So, yeah, if, if people are voting for the first time or the 10th time or the 20th time, like we just want them out there voting. So it was a good thing. Um, Another winner on the list, UFC, Fight Island. So Griggs, UFC, like, they basically go secure an island. And <laughs> so we talk about a bubble. They're the only ones that did an island. And, you know, they're producing content. And they're cranking out content and, you know, selling it on digital platforms and pay-per-view and, and things like that. So, um you know, I, I think NASCAR is another winner too because there are a lot of people, and we talked about this, that weren't NASCAR followers, but they started following NASCAR this year because they were back a little earlier than some of the other sports. And um, But one of the biggest winners of all this year, I like golf. You like golf. We like watching. We like playing. 
Griggs, 50 million more rounds of golf played in 2020 than in 2019. So I've always said like golf has to figure out a way to get more people out there on the course and make it less expensive, make it so that kids go out and play. Well, I don't know if they did that, but because of the pandemic and because it was a great social distance activity and a lot of people just wanted to get the heck out of their house and it could be a family activity that you did with your kids, people went out and played 50 million more rounds of golf in 2020 than in 2019. I also loved the matches. So, yeah. you know, we saw Tiger and Phil, then we just saw Phil. We saw Tiger play in a match this weekend with his son, Charlie, which was like just so heartwarming. And Charlie's damn good. Charlie is going to, Charlie is going to be good for a long time. It's almost unfair that an 11 year old is that good and that composed. And um, he just looked like he'd been there before. I mean, like if you're 11 years old, you're just nervous that there's that many cameras on you and that many people out there. And, you know, you're kind of on the big stage for the first time. And I credit Tiger Woods and, and his ex-wife uh, for – that was kind of the first time that we saw Charlie, right? He's 11 yeah. years old. So they've kept their kids' lives very private. But when you see Charlie, you're like, wow, he's good. And then I loved seeing the father side, the dad side of Tiger Woods. That, that may have been one of the greatest things that I saw this year. So I think golf has a lot of potential going into – uh, 2021, both as a sport that more people can play and get outside and, and be active. So maybe that 50 million rounds number goes up even more. But then I, I think it's made for TV as well. And you can social distance and you can still play these tournaments without fans. They played the Masters without fans. And, um, you know, I think they could be a sport that thrives in the conditions going forward. Yeah, I think golf did well through the pandemic. I think, like you mentioned, the Masters looked good. I think how they broadcast. The matches were hilarious. I love having the guys mic'd up and hearing Phil Mickelson coach the entire round, you know. And it's just like you learn so much about the game when you have these pros uh, mic'd up. But then, like you're saying, with uh, Tiger and his kid, that was just awesome. That, there's a picture of them Sunday in the all red, both kind of kneeled down behind each other. And I'm like, I mean, that's there's your Sports Illustrated cover, like the, when Tiger won the Masters in 20, the last Masters, 2019. Uh, just some great images. So golf is looking good. I think it's going to be awesome moving forward. So those are our lists. The top 10 sports business stories of 2020 are winners of 2020. So many people to thank this year for making sports business radio happen. I feel like it was our best year that we've had from start to finish. Uh, Griggs starts with you. Thank you for all the great work that you've done and that Griggs Productions has done to make sports business radio go. Look, we had to pivot in March, just like everyone else. Griggs and I used to sit in a professional radio studio in downtown Portland, Oregon, and do our show in person once a week. And we both quickly had to scramble and get up home studios. Uh, We did two shows a week there for a little bit when information was flowing fast and furiously. Um, And then in July, we partnered with Malka Sports and, and Pat Capra and his team, and they have been fantastic. And they've helped us launch a YouTube channel, and our graphics look so much better on social media, and we're doing audio and video cutdowns. And I feel like our production value um, around Sports Business Radio, outside of the audio that Griggs has always done a great job with, has also now risen many notches. So thank you to Malka Sports for all of their work 
and you know, looking forward to a great 2021 with Griggs Productions and with Malka Sports. We'll have some announcements to make in January about some new partnerships as well. So um, that's going to be exciting. You know, our sponsors, Boingo has been a longtime sponsor and they sponsored our roadshow events and they've been a great technology partner. So thank you to Boingo. Thank you to Mizzen in Maine. I, I love my Mizzen in Maine clothes. You know, as I've said during our spots, like we still got to look good on the Zoom calls and people are still looking at us. So, you know, I love the comfortable, breathable, wrinkle-free clothes that Mizzen in Maine provides for us. And, um, you know, they've just been a great partner as well. CBDMD, I mean, I'm going to be honest and I say this in our spots, but I've probably been more anxious this year than any other year of my life for a number of reasons. And, um, you know, they've helped me sleep at night and they've helped with a number of, of different things and, you know, THC free and all natural. So they've been a, a great partner too. So, you know, we've had some great partners, Griggs, and, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's been a great year and, and, you know, we'll turn the page on 2020, which I, I think a lot of people are looking forward to doing and uh, move on to, to 2021. Yeah, I'm just thankful for you and the show and continuing on with me. I think I've been with you for 10 years and we've had some great, we didn't get to travel this year, but uh, we'll yeah. get back to that. I'm excited for things to come in 2021 with that. But yeah, I mean, it's just been the guests we've had this year and the conversations you and I have had and just uh, growing as a entity, like you said, with the video and Malka and just it's been fun. It's been fun to see it progress. I think we've grown so much more in this year than we have in all the years together. I really, I really think that. So uh, it's exciting to see where we're going. And uh, thank you for continuing to trust in me and my skills and what I do. I love bringing it to the table. And yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun show and uh, it's fun hanging out with you, but I do look forward to traveling again because we have some good times. We do have some good times and, and we did travel to Chicago in February right, for our right. road show there. And we got to go to Italy and you saw Chicago for the first time and yep, it was freezing yep. cold. But, <laughs> Always, <laughs> you know what a great trip and um yeah that was our last trip so i'm hoping that we can do some more road shows in person with people um, i'm sure we'll have some virtual shows lined up early on hint hint yeah. in uh in 2021 but yeah it'll be good before we wrap uh what are what's the griggs family doing for christmas and for the holiday so season yeah, Christmas, we're just kind of doing COVID friendly. We're hanging out, just us three, um, just having a, a different Christmas this year. It was a different Thanksgiving. It was kind of fun having a Thanksgiving dinner, just us three hanging out with, uh, we did some FaceTime with family, obviously, and everything, and stayed in touch, but not traveling this year, not going on the road to see family or anything. So just hunkering down, hanging out at home, and looking forward to it. How about yeah. you? Same thing, staying home. Uh, I think we may take a drive to the snow, play in the snow yeah. for a day or two. Um, but other than that, you know, staying home, we were supposed to go to Maui. Right. And that, that one hurts. That's a gut yeah. punch. I really, you know, back in March, I was like, well, at least we have Maui for Christmas. Like that'll yeah. be the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's been a tough year, but at least I know I can sit on the beach in Maui and, you know, get rid of 2020 and ring in 2021. And that's not happening. And look, there's worse problems in the world. Yeah. But that was a tough one because, you know, Maui is my happy place and my happy place with my daughter. So was really looking forward to uh, going there. But hopefully we'll get there in, in 2021. I think, you know, everyone's had to be flexible this year and a lot of people have had to cancel plans. And I know a lot of people will be by themselves for Christmas. And, you know, that's going to be tough. So as we said for Thanksgiving, get on Zooms, get on FaceTimes. 
know, interact with people virtually and, you know, we'll all get through this together. Yep. I agree. Well, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, you know, we already thank Malka and Griggs Productions and our sponsors, but thank you to our listeners. Uh, you know, our numbers have risen this year. Um, we've had more engagement on social media this year than ever before. I think people are looking for answers. We don't have the, the golden answers to anything, but I think our guests have some really good insight. So when you listen to this show, it's a master class, and I think you're going to get smarter. So I would encourage you to spread the word to your friends about Sports Business Radio and, and you know, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Happy New Year. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. Wear a mask. And we'll see you in 2021. Take care. This is Sophia Berger. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.